Blog Talk Radio. This episode is brought to you by the Brain Injury Association of America. The BIAA's mission is to advance awareness, research, treatment, education, and to improve the quality of life for all people affected by brain injury. They are dedicated to increasing access to quality health care and raising awareness and understanding of brain injury. You can learn more about them at BIAA.org. The opinions stated in this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of the Brain Injury Association. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy Zalmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor myself from a fall on the ice in 2014. I am a frequent contributor on the Huffington Post, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. I also released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, this past November. You can learn more about me at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. Today, I am chatting with Emily Fiocchi. Emily is a physical therapist assistant at Health South Geisner Rehabilitation Hospital and is a certified Hatha yoga instructor. As a clinician for the last 25 years, she has treated patients in inpatient and acute care rehabilitation, neurological, and orthopedic outpatient clinics. To keep herself healthy, both physically and emotionally, in a demanding career, Emily turned to yoga. She experienced the benefits of a weekly practice and wanted her patients to experience the same. Once certified in June of 2000 through the Himalayan Institute in Honesdale, Emily began to use yoga techniques as a complement in the treatment of outpatients who suffer with chronic pain or fatigue, fibromyalgia, or high anxiety or depression. Recently, she became a part of a multidisciplinary team of health professionals who provide monthly education and follow-up physical therapy treatment plans for patients living with chronic pain. Her focus is teaching the stress management aspects, deep breathing, meditation, and relaxation of yoga, and her passion is to create a bridge between traditional and holistic therapy. Emily lives in Gainesville, Pennsylvania, where she teaches in her in her home in a sunroom yoga studio. Health South is one of the nation's largest providers of post-acute health care services, offering both facility-based and home-based post-acute services in 34 states and Puerto Rico through its network of inpatient rehabilitation hospitals, home health agencies, and hospice agencies. Health South can be found at www.healthsouth.com. So welcome to the show, Emily. I am so glad to have you here today. Thank you for taking the time to speak with our listeners. Oh, thank you for having me, Amy. This is a wonderful opportunity for me. So, Emily, I would love for you to give our listeners a little bit of background about, you know, you're you're a physical therapist and you've discovered Mm -hmm. yoga. And how did you kind of come to this? this place where you're incorporating yoga with your physical therapy. I mean, physical therapy really does have a lot of yoga in it, and they just might not call it yoga. Yeah. <laughs> so give so, our listeners a little bit of background. 
Sure, sure. So I'm sure our listeners out there probably have um, been touched by yoga in some way, even if it was just looking at the cover of a magazine. Um, and some of them might have felt like, oh, my goodness, it looks like contortionist training. So <laughs> sometimes it could be weird. But as you mentioned, Amy, it is a form of, of movement. So you could have been doing exercise in the past and maybe even going to a physical therapy clinic. The yoga science, though, brings a different focus to the movement. So instead of, say, focusing on how many repetitions or how much resistance, uh, i.e. the weights on weight machines. Um, in yoga, we spend a lot of time on focusing, coordinating the movement with the breath, which then gives the benefit of um, decreased stress and fatigue. It's coordinating the breath movement with the exercise. Um, mm -hmm. What drew me to yoga way back when, as you had mentioned earlier, was um, I just wanted to help myself. As a clinician, it's a very challenging job uh, dealing with patients, and I was looking for an avenue to help my stress, to find a way to relax, as well as to stretch, because I, I always exercise for health, but I wouldn't necessarily take the time uh, to stretch and become more flexible. So that's what drew me to the science at first. And then, um, <clears throat> then I started saying, you know what, this could really benefit my patients, definitely the patients who cannot uh, tolerate a conventional physical therapy program. I think that maybe I'll try some yoga techniques in a private room, sort of one-on-one, -on -one, and see if they would respond better. So that's why I started doing that. And I, I think what was really great is we, we were struggling um, in our clinic specifically with these folks that have the chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, um, where we didn't really know uh, what else to do. And this was a good way to get them moving, but in a little gentler way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my own story, my background is I have been doing yoga, um, gosh, for over 20 years. I started doing it in college, um, you know, way before it was cool, you know, and a mainstream, <laughs> I guess I should say. Um, you know, now there's a yoga studio pretty much in every city. And, yeah. um, you know, I really learned the, the core basics of yoga and before, like, the vinyasa flow stuff came about. And so it really focused more on form and technique and breathing, mm -hmm. connecting your breath with your body. And so after mm -hmm. my fall, I was really frustrated because I couldn't, I couldn't do yoga at, at the time. I was just too injured, I, you know. And, I mean, that, that's a bit of a mindset. I probably could have done something. Um, I just mm -hmm. kind of chose not to. Um, mm -hmm. But I had a dislocated <laughs> sternum. I had major whiplash. Oh. I had dizzy balance problems. I mean, I couldn't lift my arms. I couldn't even get them up to shoulder level. Like, I mean, I was just so limited in my movement. And finally, after about 15 months after my fall, I was just, I had been really depressed. Um, I just was feeling miserable. And I asked my yoga instructor to come help me figure out what we could do. And so we came up with five poses. Most of them I had to modify. I had to hold on to a chair. Um, like tree pose, I had to hold on to a chair and just lift my leg because otherwise I'd fall over. Um, yes. And, you know, just connecting that breath um, 
I was actually told by a, a neuropsychologist that I actually did my own vestibular therapy without even realizing that's what I was doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, connecting that breath and getting the breath flowing to, or you're getting, you know, your blood flowing up to your brain and the oxygen flowing. Um, I mean, I started feeling tremendously better within a few months of starting yoga and um, there's still some poses I can't get into. I still can't do anything where I tip backwards. Um, and, but I'm getting so much more movement back into my body and I feel so much better. And I really attribute that so much to yoga um, mm-hmm. and just connecting that breath. It's just so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk us through like what you would do with a patient? Like how, how would you, you know, like, because you can do yoga sitting in a chair. You can do yoga lying in a bed if you have to, you know, like kind of talk us through a little bit about how you work with some of your different clients. Sure, sure. Um, so just as you mentioned, you know, with a TBI survivor, you're dealing with uh, balance issues, uh, motor control, muscle tone imbalances. Um, and you you found, too, that yoga, the practice, can improve your function of your nervous system as a whole. Like you're actually creating that new, this new synapses, the ability to use the unused part of the brain, you know. Um, so it's, it's a fantastic activity. Um, and probably the way I would start, I would start with talking not only, of course, to the survivor, but to the treatment provider. So it depends on at what, and you experience this, at what point of their recovery are they in, because everyone has unique challenges. And some of those challenges are besides physical, correct? So you might have uh, (laughs) a survivor with visual impairment, uh, if you had the neck issue, some could be dysphagic, you know, they have issues with speech, uh, be, they're unable to control their emotions or get easily agitated. So as a clinician, I kind of look at all of that stuff, and then I look um, PT-wise at muscle strength, their joint range of motion, like are they restricted, can they not bend uh, their knees, their shoulders. Uh, I discuss their location of pain, um, and then I start designing an individualistic yoga program. So each program to start out would be very unique uh, to that particular survivor. Um, The best way to start would actually be similar to a vinyasa flow, only to say that I would create a routine of postures uh, that would be repeated. So as you started, maybe there was five Mm -hmm. movements. Moving slowly, one right after another, kind of creating a sequence that could almost be memorized. And in that way, it's almost like a form of cognitive therapy because you're creating that sequence. And then you coordinate the inhale and the exhale with the movement. So, uh, for instance, um, if their balance is really compromised, I would get them on all fours, hands and knees position, and start maybe moving, rocking back on back and forth, working into that cat, angry cat position with the chin in, tail mm-hmm. in, to a chin up, tail up movement. Then maybe start coordinating arm and leg lifts with that, which would challenge balance, but you could move slowly, simply, 
Um, always keeping the center of gravity low to start when you have someone that's balance challenged. And then begin with just a one-step lunge up, almost like a proposal position, doing similar movements there before eventually standing. And as you said, you know, you would use a chair. So we would begin with uh, bolsters, blocks, chairs, chairs especially for that initial from getting to the floor to a lunge to a stand um, and then focusing on posture. I think that that's also a big deal because posture, especially in mountain pose and uh, where we are focusing on being grounded to can not only help with balance for those higher level uh, balance challenge postures like the tree, but it also gets even weight through their limbs, good proprioception awareness, sort of connecting the body and the mind physically there because there's, sometimes there's a lack of bodily awareness once you've had a, a brain injury. So getting that yeah. sensation through the feet, through the legs, and always returning back to that. So as a clinician, too, there's a lot of that reinforcement. I'm kind of kind of rushing through it, but there's a reinforcement through the verbal cues, I would say, like really notice the weight on your feet, you know, feeling yourself rock back and forth, giving manual cues, which is hands-on, you know, this is where you press into verbal cues. And then for some folks, as I mentioned before, if they have some visual impairment, if they have some communication difficulties, depending on where the lesion was, maybe not only to provide a demonstration, but have the patient or I'm sorry, have the survivor try it, but then also have written and pictures to follow because yes. that's yes. another way of learning. Um, so I, I, did I, I gave you the long Italian answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. You know, um, yeah. I, I hear from people all the time, oh, I could never do yoga. I can't do yoga. My doctor told me not to do yoga. And I'm just right. like, I just kind of giggle because it's like your doctor told you not to do yoga. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's probably, I, I, I just, I don't even know what that's about sometimes. But I think what the doctor's thinking is don't go to a yoga class. Don't go to core yoga. Um, yes. Because that's, that's, that's going to be way out of your level. Yeah. 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 Um, but you can, you know, like I said, I started, I have five simple poses I could do. I did tree pose. Um, cat cow, I did sitting side twists, um, mm-hmm. laying side twists, and um, eagle arms. Those are the poses that I worked on. Mm-hmm. And I would do them all. It took me about 15 minutes. I did it every morning when I got up. And it doesn't have to be an hour-long core power yoga class. That's not at all what we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know... Um, when doctors say you can't do yoga, that just kind of makes me giggle because if they send yeah. them to physical therapy, they're probably doing yoga. So I know yeah. when I um, I did some vision therapy and a lot of aspects of that are yoga, you know, you're mm-hmm. doing yoga poses mm-hmm. <laughs> to get that vestibular system back together again. 
Mm-hmm. So um, what would you suggest to someone who's maybe had a TBI or concussion um, and they're really struggling, maybe a doctor really hasn't helped them, gotten them into anything yet? What would you suggest to them? What's something that they can do? Well, I think, I think once again, um, you know, if physically they're super challenged, if it's really early in their recovery, uh, I just would remind them that the the movements of yoga, the postures, the asanas, which we were just talking about, that might be down the road a bit. So they could begin with a meditation practice, a breathing practice. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, here on our, you know, in this Western side of the world, we really kind of just see uh, yoga as the movements, the stretching. But if they really couldn't start there, they can really start with, the same equal important aspects of meditation, which would be, you know, this time designated away from life's distractions where you can spend time with yourself. And it only takes, you know, a lot of people feel overwhelmed with that. They're like, well, I don't have time with that. It could take three, five minutes of just a time where you're enforcing, embracing your strengths, accepting your weaknesses, just kind of coming to a place where you accept this body for what it is, and even give you a little positive pep talk mantra if you need to at that point. If besides meditation, you can do just breathing, which is just doing normal tasks at your house, which you said is like, you know, it is yoga. If you're doing the dishes and while you're standing there, instead of thinking about the next thing you need to get done after you do the dishes, you spend a moment in just the breathing while you stand there. Uh, just paying attention to that inhale and exhale is a form of yoga. <laughs> and then yes. I would say the next would be, you know, if you could find out if you were seeing a physical therapist, if there is anybody that they know of, um, or, of course, there, we've got so many resources online. Um, you know, we have apps that we can, you know, use. However, just always come back to the sense that the science reminds us that our body is our best teacher. So when our body is not feeling good with a certain movement, say you were doing a DVD or something on the Internet and something was not good for you, that means you stop. You have limitations that you stay within for when you practice yoga. It, there's the no pain, no gain theory does not apply when you do yoga. No. So when things physically don't feel good, you stop, okay, or you modify. And then as you found, you know, you use props, pillows, chairs. Um, There are many uh, institutions out there that are graduating yoga, quote, therapists out there that could give you more guidance. So, you know, seek those avenues. And then then looking at yoga types in in sort of a list of where you should probably start with, you probably want to look at things that are more calmer or restorative kind of classes, Uh, Hatha yoga, which is the type that I um, am certified in, um, leans more towards that coordinating movements with the breath. Iyengar focuses on alignment, which would be especially good for folks that have the neck injury, but maybe stay away from Nothing against them, but maybe Burkram yoga or Kundalini yoga is maybe a little too overstimulating for the traumatic yes. brain injury yeah. survivor. 
Um, I, you know, that would, that's just my personal opinion, but it's always something you could work into once you're starting to feel better. But always, you know, seek out your doctor. Of course, if they don't know, seek out your physical therapist. And if you're not seeing therapy, then just start playing around with going online and looking, um, starting in a gentler way first. But remember, it, you said, and I have just uh, said that you can do yoga without even doing the movements. You can just focus on the breathing and the meditation part of it. Uh, just get more resources mm-hmm. to learn more about it. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, meditation, I, um, I actually created a little five-minute meditation podcast because it's just people, like you said, they, they feel a little overwhelmed thinking about meditation. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to meditate. Um, so it kind of walks them through how to meditate, you know, the breath and just sitting peacefully and mindful. And I ring a little chime every minute to bring their attention back to it because, you know, we begin to wander, we get distracted, and, and it brings mm-hmm. your mind back to breathing. And mm-hmm. breathing, those deep, connected breaths are so powerful to get that oxygen flowing up to your brain. And we know that that oxygen flowing to your brain is so important in healing your brain. Um, So yeah, meditation alone is extremely helpful in the healing process. And it Mm -hmm. can totally help reduce anxiety and PTSD and, you know, all those symptoms as well. Yes, I agree. Um, how, so let's just say somebody is looking for a yoga instructor. What would be something to look for when trying to find, like for me, for instance, I worked one-on-one with a yoga instructor. What would be a few tips you would give someone um, when trying to find someone to work with on a one-on-one basis? Well, as you probably experienced with your own teacher, um, you want to feel comfortable with that person and feel safe with that person. Mm-hmm. I, I found with my teacher, you know, I felt comfortable with her in the sense that when she's giving me instructions, I knew she would uh, be following my lead. However, um, if you're not communicating well, with your instructor, like this hurts, this doesn't, then it's kind of difficult as the teacher end to to modify. So there has to be uh, give and take with that. You have to not only be willing as a survivor to let your instructor know these are my issues, these are my unique challenges. Um, And as I mentioned before, some of those challenges are not just physical. Maybe it's you can't control certain emotions. Um, the teacher needs to know that. So, and, and with that open communication, then um, the teacher can respond. Now, I have to uh, admit there's many teachers out there, and I would recommend to my own students to try other teachers. Give them a try. Everyone has yeah. their own teaching style. Uh, they may have been through many different certification programs, many different types of yoga which is fantastic, but some might not fit you uh, personally. Because exactly. you want to be able to go home. <laughs> and, you know, my goal is to get the survivor in a place of independence and doing their own yoga practice safely. 
they're improving their balance, their mobility, their strength, their sense of overall well-being because they want to be enjoying their program on a daily basis. So um, I would just encourage them to sort of try different teachers, try different types of yoga, almost like you were trying spicy food. You know, you, you just take a little taste. Um, if it's a matter of just going to a class to observe, maybe going to a class trying one or two things, and then as you find out, as you continue your own research of experiencing, you'll decide what's a good fit for you and who you trust who you trust as far as who's going to be safe with your own body. Someone who gets you uh, to come to a place where you feel good afterwards and not in pain. <laughs> if yeah, I can invite. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, never, I never want my yoga students to become patients. So if they were just coming to my community <laughs> class and then they come to me yeah. as a patient, I'd be like, I did something wrong there. But it really has to be, you have to be really open, especially when you have these unique challenges, to be able to talk um, and, and realize that your teacher may not have the physical therapy experience or knowledge. Correct. So, so you know, you can't expect um, them to be aware of all of the anatomy, your challenges. Of course, if you tell them, they'll, they'll know a little more. Right. And, you know, I do know that there are, um, there is teacher training out there for trauma yoga and um, restorative yoga. And I think those would be the two styles of teacher that you would want to maybe look for. Um, they might have the best idea of how to work with someone with, with physical limitations. Um, and, and, yeah, definitely you need to feel very safe with the person. If you don't feel a click and a connection, move on. It's okay. Same with your doctors. If you don't feel a good connection, find a different doctor. You know, so many, especially with brain injury, because we're not always in the right state of mind. We, and, and if you don't have an advocate with you, um, you don't always realize you have that option to find somebody else. So I just kind of want to put that out there in case someone needs to hear that today. Um, but any last minute, we have about three minutes left. Any last words of wisdom you have for our listeners, Emily? I, I, just, I just would just to reinforce that it's not only a gentler way to exercise yoga. is it, It's got therapeutic benefits, and it also provides like a road to acceptance, a state of calm yes. for the survivor whose system is in constant overload, so yoga can nurture uh, the growth physically, mentally, and emotionally without exhausting the body and the nervous system. So it is awesome to do if you're a brain-injured uh, survivor. Yes. Thank you for adding that. Thank you mm. so much for being here, Emily. I really appreciate you taking your time today to talk to my listeners. So thank you uh, so thank much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed the show. And be sure to visit facesoftbi.com to listen to previous podcasts and see upcoming topics that we have um, in the queue. So I hope that you'll join me again next week on the 15th 
I will be chatting with Richard DuBose, who is going to talk all about patient advocacy and how to help a loved one advocate for themselves. So I hope that you'll tune in again next week. And again, be sure to visit my website, facesoftbi.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And be sure to like the Faces of TBI Facebook page. And if you are a survivor or a caregiver, you can also join the TBI tribe. It's a private Facebook group um, where we just offer each other support and encouragement in this crazy journey of TBI. So thank you all again for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. And I hope that you all have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time.